0: Hey, it's Celebration Sunday, and, um, you know, life is a lot of celebrations. It's just a lot of celebrations, and a lot of times we're not good at it. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of times that other cultures are better at it than we are in the United States. I just think that, that for some reason uh, in the United States, uh, and I'm just speaking in generalities, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, uh, that we're not good at celebrating. What, what our tendency is is that something happens, and we immediately move on to the next thing. Without marking that moment, without celebrating, something happens. We're just moving on. Yeah, it was great, but we're moving on to the, the next, the latest and greatest. And so today is Celebration Sunday where we are going to be celebrating what God has done. And I'm going I'm to give you some things to celebrate, and, but I, I don't think you need to practice. I think you're good. I can tell right now, just as Cam said, you guys are the smart ones. You're here at 11 o'clock. So we celebrate all kinds of things. We celebrate births, birthdays. We celebrate the first day of school. We celebrate the last day of summer. Some of y'all do anyway. If you got little kids, you're like, summer's over. We celebrate engagements, weddings, anniversaries. We celebrate jobs. We celebrate retirement. We celebrate holidays. We celebrate vacations. We celebrate accomplishments, achievements. We celebrate wins. We celebrate answered prayers. We even celebrate death. And we call it a celebration of life, that we are all about celebrating. So I'm going to tell you what's been going on here, and then I'm going to give you a chance to celebrate. First of all, here's my disclaimer. We don't think we're the, the best church around. We don't. We think there's a lot of great churches. We are just one of the churches that follow Jesus Christ and, and, and are part of the original church that you're going to hear about in just a second. So when we talk about celebrating, this is not like, hey, look what we're, we've done. Everything. Like, but I want to share a couple of things with you. We've had a great year. We've had more people come. We've got more first-time guests coming than I can imagine. If you could just picture this, when when, when COVID hit, we couldn't pay people to come. I'm serious, we couldn't pay them to come. We couldn't, and and when you came, it was such a, and just to see the the church revitalized here, not just on this campus, but the other campus as well, because we have two campuses, and, and see what's going on in our Celebrate Recovery ministry, that more people are coming to know Christ, finding hope and life change. So, we've had more first-time guests. We've had more people in groups. We, we, we started this initiative about going and reaching our community, going locally like Cam talked about, that we're doing that. We're having more and more people go. And listen to me, super excited about what God's doing. Listen, we've got more money. I know you're thinking, okay, why shouldn't I put that in there just a little go? We got more money... Than, than, than we usually have at this time of year. Usually in the summertime, the giving goes down. Our giving hasn't gone down. We actually uh, are above where we're supposed to be. We gave away money to missions this year. You guys did. We had a go month. You gave money to missions. I'm just telling you, we're seeing God work and move more and more. And so this is what I'm going to do. On account count of three, we're going to stand up, not celebrate what we've done. We're going to stand up and celebrate what God did. So, but I'm going to preface you. When my son, Mitchell was playing in 12U. We were getting beat the whole game. We were getting beat the whole game. We were actually playing up, playing some kids that are older than us. We were getting beat the whole game. Now, Mitchell's not here today, so I'll tell you this. Mitchell could hit a fastball. I mean, he could hit a fastball. I'm not, you, you think I'm kidding. You, you ask anybody. He hit a fastball. You look at him now, he's just, now, curveballs, he's not here today. <laughs> fastball, you throw a fastball. Look, you... It, you it, down four to two, last inning. He comes up, and the guy gets on base. And he hits it. I mean, he crushes it. He hits it. We were playing over at Rockdale. He crushes it. Look, before I even know it, I'm standing up. I've stand up, my arms in the air, and this is what I remember saying. I remember that mom went, yes, 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 (laughs) just like that. I didn't even have to think about it. I was just so excited. All right, here we go. On the count of three, we're going we're to stand up, and we're going to celebrate what God's done, and you do whatever God's calling you to do, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going yes, yes, yes. All right, everybody? Ready? One, two, three. Yes, yes, yes. Woo! Great job. All right. You guys are way better in first service. Man, I'll tell you something. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Anyway, no, nah, Jesus. Thank you so much. <laughs> Today I'm gonna to do something that I've never done. I'm gonna preach the same message that I've preached this year already. And if you weren't here, you're like, well, I'm glad I wasn't there that day. So <laughs> all right. 1123. 1123. I preached this message, and it was after. A moment of celebration. Like, I love all your jerseys. Uh, I got Braves. I feel like Braves is a little bit more palpable uh, to people who don't like the Georgia Bulldogs, but I'm a huge Georgia Bulldog fan. And uh, one one two, three, that was the night, y'all. You remember? How many of you were at that game? Georgia playing Ohio State. How many of you were at that game? Is anybody here at that game that was at that game? Man, a bunch of losers anyway. but <laughs> We had some first service at that game. But if you remember how that game went, and I know everybody's not a Georgia Bulldog fan, I get this, I get it. And not all the whole getting message today about sports. Just most of us. Anyway. When the clock struck midnight, one, one, two, three. Wide left. Georgia Bulldogs beat Ohio State. It's after midnight. I've got to preach that next Sunday. I, I, we've been deciding on, on New Year's Day whether we're going to have two services or one service. I'm adding it. We're having two services. Now we're having two services. I laid in bed that night and couldn't go to sleep till two o'clock. I was so excited. I thought, Why in the world did we do two services? Why didn't we just do the eleven o'clock service? But I'm going to give you what I got. It's a message about the church. And I've watched the replay of that Georgia game. I've taped it. I've watched it 20 times. As a matter of fact, my son Mitchell will come in and go, you're watching it again? And I fast forward it to the fourth quarter, to the beginning of the fourth quarter every time, because that's when we come back. I fast forward. I can I watch it right Let's watch it. Y'all want to watch it. Okay. <laughs> in a lot of ways, this is what this message is. We're going to go back and look at the early church. And then we're going to fast forward it and, 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 and apply it to us. But here's the message. You and me in 2023, one team. We're one team. That you're going to see this passage. And I'm going to introduce, a, if, I don't know if you if, if you if you spend a lot of time studying the Bible, whether you do or not, but I'm going to give you a Bible study plan that, that, that'll work for you. It's just simply SOAP, S-O-A-P, SOAP. Everybody got it? And so you, if you're going to read the Bible, you start with a scripture, and then you'd have observations. So if you're sitting at home, you read the Bible, you got the Scripture, and then you you got these observations as, as you're reading it. Application. And application is simply what is God telling me to do, and then prayer. So if you don't know how to study the Bible, here's how you do it. You get you a Bible, open it up to Book of Mark, go to James, read a Scripture, read a chapter, observations. What is this saying? what is God telling me to do? And then I'm going to pray about doing it. That's that's as simple as it gets, as simple as it gets. So we're going to do that today together. And so I'm going to provide the S and the A and the P, and you guys are going to provide the O, the observation. So when you get a chance, when that moment comes, you're going to get to shout out loud what you see in the scripture. And this is for all of those who have ever heard me preach and thought, man, Gary didn't have it today. I could have done that. This is your chance to get it. You know what I'm saying? This is your chance to show us what you got right here today. So anyway, and I'm good with it. You say whatever you want. So here you are. You and me in 2023, here's the first. Here's the scripture. All the believers devoted themselves. Now, this is the first church. This is There is no other church at this time. This is the only church there is. There's one church. This is it. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper and the prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who are being saved. Now, I'm going to read it again, and then you're going to shout out what comes to your mind, all right? All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their number, excuse me, added to their fellowship those who are being saved. All right, what you got? Unity. What else? Community, growth group, unity. What else? Fellowship. Anything else? Excitement. Excitement, yes. Blessed joy, growth, food. Somebody said food. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes, there's food. There's always food when it comes to church. You know what I'm saying? Anybody got anything else? Worship, Worship. prayer. All right. Hey, amen. I hear you. Buddy, that's that. We could go home, couldn't we, guys? Share your toys with your sister. That's what I'm talking about. All right. All that's true. All the things that you saw was part of the original church. And I wonder what happened to that church. What happened to that church 2,000 years ago? That they were together. They were one. They were eating meals together. They were excited they were selling their stuff. Nobody was making them. There, was, there wasn't any arm twisting. Like, man, they were so on fire for Jesus that they, they, could, they, couldn't, they couldn't help but not be together. And they were telling their friends and, and the Lord was adding to their number. Listen, we are that church. We're not only celebrating what God has done, we're going to celebrate what we believe that God's going to do. This was our theme, one, one, two, three, that we were going to be this church. And in a lot of ways, we have been, but there's still a lot of things to do, a lot of, a lot of ways we can grow. So I'm going to give you some applications today. The first is this, is that following Jesus is not a good hobby. It's not a good hobby. As a matter of fact, uh, we had an elders meeting on Monday, and Dalton, one of our elders, reminded me of this teaching in our Better Man teaching, where JP Paluto says, hey, if you want a hobby, following Jesus isn't a good hobby. That it doesn't work when it's a hobby. That it only works when you're all in. When 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 you're they use the word the apostles teach, they were devoted. When you're devoted, that's when it works. When you give Christ your all, when you're all in, man, that's when you see things happen. And I feel like a lot of times uh, uh, church people are some of the most miserable people in the world because it's just simply a hobby to us. That's a hobby that we may be in, we may be out, I may do this, I may do that, but it's not like, man, I'm devoted. That I'm devoted because when you're devoted, that's when you see God move. It's when you see him work. That a lot of times, listen, you know why I quit playing golf? because I wasn't any good at it. You know why I wasn't any good at it? Because I couldn't spend any time doing it. That if you're going to be good at golf, you either got to be two things. You got to be super talented, or you got to spend a lot of money beating balls. And when I went, I spent time losing balls and paying money for them. I was playing army golf, left, right, left, right. (laughs) So I gave that up. But a lot of times, listen to me, That's the way we follow Jesus. It's like, well, you've got to be really good at it. Well, guess what? Nobody's really naturally good at it. You're good at it by being devoted to Him, by giving Him your all, and then He does something great in your life. And so I'm going to ask this question How's your devotion level? It says they were devoted, listen to what it says, to the Apostles' teaching to the fellowship, being together, the breaking of bread, which was the Lord's Supper, and eating meals together, and the prayer. Because if God's going to use us and keep working in us, we've got to have that same devotion. The second thing is this, is that they is greater than me, they is greater than me, if you look on the screen here, and verse 44, or 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, it says they, them, they, them, they, there, over and over again. You know what's not mentioned in this early church? Me. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time here. I'm going to sit down. That's when it gets serious, y'all. So a lot of times church is just about me. It's about me. And look, and I I get it. There's a tension here, but I don't like that song, or it's too hot, or it's too loud. And listen, sometimes I'm hot. I get it. But a lot of times church is about me, that I'm not going to do this. This doesn't suit my needs. Never us thinking that somebody else may need us to do something that we may be needed, that the church was always about them, they. It's always been a body. It's always been a family. And if we're going to see God use us, if you're going to see God work in what we want to see supernatural things where, where people are just in awe, then it takes they. It doesn't take me. It takes they. Which leads me to the third one. That in this, we see this path that we use here at Eastridge. We have this path that we believe that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, how it plays out here is you attend, you serve, you grow, and you go. You attend like you're doing. So you're already doing the first one. You serve like we believe every ploy, every, everybody has a place to serve here in the body that you serve. And your very nature is that of a servant. As a matter of fact, I say that one person plus once a month serving equals a great church. We're not wanting to wear anybody out, not wanting to use anybody, but we're wanting you to serve, not because we need you, because you need it. I'm not wanting something from you, I'm wanting something for you, that you find your fulfillment in serving in the body of Christ and then you grow just like we saw the video about getting in a group that you get in a group you get with other believers just like we read in the scripture but we we have made church about me that I don't need this I don't need I don't need other people I'm 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 lone ranger I do my, it it just doesn't work like that and then you go, that you go, that we're going to go to the community, that we're going to go serve the homeless. We're going to help out at out Mix in this elementary school that we feel like we've been placed right beside. And we're going to go and we're going to serve. We're going to tell people about Christ. We're going to go at work. And then we see this play out. As a matter of fact, that in 10 verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. Well, they didn't have Facebook back then where they could do Facebook live, y'all. You had to show up. You know what I'm saying. You had to attend. So they attended, and then it says they served. They 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 served by uh, giving stuff away. They served by making meals. Somebody had to make the meals. So, man, man, and so they were serving each other, and it says they grew. It says they grew that they were together. They were in groups together. That they went house to house. One of the scriptures says they went house to house, and they were they were growing together. And then finally, they it says that they they went or they go because it says God was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. Well, those people just didn't show up. Somebody invited them. Somebody said, "Man, you got to hear about Jesus. Come hear this. Come come have your life be changed." And so a ten serve, grow, and go is found there, and we still believe. I still believe that this is what we ought to be doing. Which leads me to this last part. I preach this same message: one, one, two, three. So this is this is the church I want us to be. I'm telling you, I still believe this is the church we're to be. That's, that's where God's calling us, and that's where He may be calling you. So, the way I ended on January 1st is I ended in prayer. And that's how we're going to end today. There's no decision song. A little bit different, maybe a little bit abrupt, but I've got a couple of prayers here. I've got three. The first is this I want you to pray, God, stretch me. There's a couple of thoughts here. A lot of times we want God to work in our lives when it's convenient or where. I'll just say it, when it requires very little of us, we want God to work. God, work in my life, and don't change anything about my life. Here, here's what I'm saying. What if you prayed the opposite? What if you prayed, God, stretch me? Because I believe that God's nudging all of us all the time, nudging us, hey, do this, do that. Do that, that. what if you were just pray, God, stretch me? And when I told him on that January 1st morning, I said, wherever that leads, you go. If God, you pray God, stretch you, wherever that leads, you go. And now I'll just tell you, tell you one of my hearts. When I was looking at our, this past year, man, we've got a phenomenal women's ministry. We do. We've got a volunteer who leads it. Cam's wife leads it. She's a volunteer. She leads it, does a phenomenal job. Listen to me. I'm looking for a men's ministry leader. I'm looking for somebody, and listen, when I look at, at the church, the so a whole, we have, I'm looking for somebody. And if that's you, if you want a men's ministry, if that's you, maybe you're the guy. Maybe you say, God, stretch me. That's an example of it. You say, God, stretch me. I'd love to talk to you. But I want to pray for you right now, wherever you're at. Maybe he, he stretches you at work or at home to be the, the man or the woman or the husband and wife or the mom and dad that God's called you to be, or maybe with your neighbor, that whatever, that God's going to stretch you. I want to pray for you right now. Here's, here we go. Father, stretch us. Lord, I believe your spirit is speaking right now, bringing to mind ways in which we could be stretched. Maybe that's by spending more time with you in our, your word and in prayer. Or maybe it's by attending, being more devoted. Or, Lord, getting in a group or serving. Or maybe it's just simply going to our neighbor or our family member. But God stretches. Knowing that you're always calling out to us and nudging us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. The second prayer is this, is wreck us. And so, I'm going to put a uh, a little bit of pressure on you here. Now, how many of you have ever been to a timeshare sale? Anybody ever been to one? That's pressure. You know what I'm talking about? Like the last one I went to, the guy was calling me Chief. He was like, what's it going to be, Chief? What's it going to be, Chief? I'm like, one, my name's not Chief. And two, I just want my free gift. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's pressure. That's not the kind of pressure I want to put on you here. I want to put some Holy Spirit pressure on you here. When we built uh, this building, this building's five years old, so this building is great, served, has served us well. And uh but one of the things that, that was happening in this building is the base was coming off uh, around the building, and it was just coming off. Of the, and we, we kept repairing it and spot repairing it and everything like that. And finally, we just made a decision that um, we were going to pay somebody to go do, redo the whole base of the whole building. The guy was here for a couple of days. And I asked him, I said, did they not put enough glue on everything? He said, no, it has plenty of glue. He said, they just didn't put enough pressure on it. And so I want to put a little pressure, but I want it to be Holy Spirit pressure. I don't want it to be like I'm twisting your arm or you're going to feel guilty. But I do want it to be Holy Spirit pressure. I want to share this. I want God to wreck you. And what I mean by wreck is that that you'd be so burdened about something that you'd be willing to do something about it. That you would be willing to come to the edge of whatever that is, whatever, whatever it is to come to the edge, that if that you were you were like, man, if I do this, if I take this step, I'm gonna fall unless God shows up. That whatever it is, that if he's calling you to do something, calling you to change something, maybe, maybe he's gonna wreck you because of a sin issue in your life, and you you're like, Man, I've got to fix this. That he's calling you to the edge, he's calling you to the very edge. And here's been my experience. My experience is this is God's never late, but he will take me to the edge. He will. He will take me to the edge to where I'm I'm wondering, man, did I mess up when I said I would do that? And I'm about to fall. And then, guess what? Guess what? That's when I see him work. That's when he shows up. That's how my experience is. And I'm asking you, would you pray this prayer? God, wreck me. Bring me to the edge. And I'll give you some examples. They're very similar to the first. Maybe God's calling you to lead, maybe God's calling you to give. Maybe God's calling you to go on a mission trip, a short-term mission trip this upcoming year. Maybe God's calling you to witness. Maybe He's calling you to start praying with your wife. Maybe He's calling you, listen to me, to break off the relationship that you have because it's not Christ-like or it's not pure. Maybe he's calling you to something, man, and he's just gonna bring, and you're like, I don't know what's gonna happen if I do that. That's exactly where God wants you. Because that's when he's gonna show up. Maybe there's a need that needs to be met. You keep riding by and you thinking, like we're talking about going to feed the homeless with First Methodist. who, First Methodist does a phenomenal job with with, with the, they're feeding our community. Maybe, maybe you're like, man, somebody ought to do something. Usually when you have that thought, God's telling you, you're the somebody. And so I'm asking you to pray this that we would all be wrecked. Father, Lord, I pray that you would take us to the edge to where we're not sure, that we're wondering if you don't show up, what's going to happen? Because I believe that's where you want to take us. I believe that's when you show up and you do some of your best work. And so, Lord, I pray whatever thoughts or whatever burdens, or whatever things that are bothering us, that, man, you would would work on it, and we would see that that is your Spirit talking to us. And Lord, we would move on this, that we would act on it. And if that means to go, then we'll go. If that means to repent, we'll repent. If that means we're going to confess, we're going to confess, but we're going to go to this place. We're unsure what the outcome's going to be, but we're going to trust you in it. And we're going to see you work. And we pray this in your son, Jesus' name. Which leads me to the last one. You should pray, heal me. You know, we just did a mental health series. We just, if you want to go back and look at our, our, our webpage, we just did a four-week series on mental health. where We talked about overcoming, breaking free from anger, anxiety, codependency, and uh, depression. And mental health is huge right now. Maybe that's you. We want to pray for you to be healed. There's a lot of physical stuff going on in people's lives. There's a lot of situational stuff, a lot of stuff going on. that, Man, there's an unknown there that you need God to show up, that you need some relationships healed. You may be carrying a hurt today. You may be dealing with forgiveness. I just simply want to pray for you to be healed. And I told first services, and we had several, that if you need someone to pray with you after the service, if you need someone to talk to, I'll be down here. But after I pray this prayer... We're gonna go eat, and we're gonna hang out, and we're gonna celebrate. Because listen, here's what I believe. Our best days are ahead, that God's got plans for his church. And I'm not just talking about Eastridge, but I am talking about Eastridge. He's got plans for his church, and this is what Jesus said about it. The gates of hell won't prevail against it. And I believe that. I still believe it with all my heart when we, when we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to breaking the bread, and to prayer, that I believe that God will do what he did back then, he'll do now. So Let's pray. Father, Lord, I pray for those who are here today that need healing, whether that's physical healing. Lord, I pray for those with physical needs right now. And we claim that you are the great physician. You are the God who heals. And sometimes you do this instantaneously, and sometimes it is over a series of time. Sometimes it's through doctors and medicine. But Lord, we pray for your healing. And Lord, I pray for those who need mental and emotional healing. We just looked at just situations of worry and anger and, codependency, and depression. Lord, I pray for anybody in the room that's struggling with those things. Father, I pray for those that are carrying this weight of bitterness from some past hurt, that, Lord, they would be healed. I pray for the situations that seem out of control, that you would heal those situations. And, Lord, I pray that we would feel your presence with us in the midst of all of it. So, Lord, we celebrate you today. We celebrate what you've done this past year. And, Lord, we celebrate what you're going to do. We ask your blessing upon the food. I thank you for the volunteers and everyone that's been part of getting this stuff ready. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great day. See you guys.